Okay, let's hear it. Defenders of the universe, it's Darren Maskell and a guest. Defenders of the universe, who knows what they're going to defend next. It's like 12 seconds. So, um, talking to uh, Cunt from Cunt and the gang, um, I just want to first off just say how much I enjoyed reading your book that you sent me I can't and um, I, 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 I really enjoyed it for the if people haven't um, read it it's just um, a biography of a period of time when you were um, performing in on the entertainment circuit um, around uh, England and um, you were doing this in a period of time when things shifted for performers um, because the invention of um, online videos, MySpace and YouTube was being introduced. And so you um, were privy to the um, notion that you could be, you could expose yourself um and your content to more people um whereas before it was just to people you were gigging to yeah and uh but also in a way you were able to expose yourself to more people um through the internet it was also the fact that the internet is such a big place and there's so much other content that you're actually it's hard to show your content to that to the, that new audience because they've got to find it amongst all the other stuff. So I, th I think the book illustrates how um, the question of how much internet currency is worth um, today, because whereas you might have a viral video that has 20,000 hits, you could also be gigging the same night to three people in a pub. Um, and I think, I think it's, you, um, you do it in a, uh, a way that's not bitter or, or ever, uh, delusional on the other hand. And you are, are very much warm to your character. Um, and, um, the story you told you told um peppering it with lots of funny anecdotes and um you uh, grew up in um grays was it grays you grew up in it, it was ba it was basildon and then basildon. i moved to grays yeah um as um i grew up in south london um I, I i could see a lot of the characters and um the um, situations that you're in mirrored a lot of my own time growing up in that sort of area. And so that yes. I got a lot of enjoyment out of that as well. So I'd just like to, uh, to recommend the book to anyone. I can't. Um, and uh, I th uh, think you should be very proud of it. Thanks. Thanks, Darren. <laughs> it, it was a, it, it was a strange, it's a strange kind of thing, the internet currency, because 
I mean, as as I've kind of found, it, it moves so quickly as well. He's like yeah. one one minute, you know, kind of it, it's one thing, and the next minute, you know, everyone's left MySpace, and you're just left on there with the spam box, and you're like, yeah. I spent two years yeah. building this up. Where where has everyone gone? And now now they've all fucked off over to Facebook. That's the thing now. <laughs> and then kind of you know, at some point in between me giving up my gigging in 2016 and kind of bringing the book out in 2018. It feels like half the people fucked off of Facebook onto Instagram and <laughs> I've no idea what the point in Instagram was. I just can't, you know, yeah. because I, I kind of spent a few years off social media, I just yeah. can't get a foothold on it anymore. It's like, it's like it's, the world's just moved on. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so you've um, given me your choices that you like to defend um yes we'll just crack off with the first one i'd like to start off with um mushy peas you'd like to uh, yeah. defend mushy peas and i think I, we should, why do you think why do you think mushy peas need to be defended what 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 bad press do they get well i, I think all the things that i've chosen tonight i've tried to deliberately choose things that i like and, and think are kind of very acceptable, yeah. but I've I've heard be much maligned elsewhere. Yeah. So so mushy peas being a, an example of that. I mean, you you know, kids hate mushy peas. Yeah. It's, it's like they look like they look like snot. Yeah. You know, kids think they're disgusting, and my mates they won't have mushy peas. You know, we'll yeah. go out because I'm I'm vegetarian. Yeah. When I go to a chip shop, your choice is are fairly limited yeah and so mushy peas are like you know they're they're, they're like a, a kind of staple you can kind of get anywhere and mm -hmm. the quality never never varies too much with mushy peas like with mm -hmm. a portion of chips the yeah. quality can vary greatly between you know you might go to a kebab place or uh, you know or a chinese um, restaurant or, or even like what calls itself a traditional fish and chip shop and you might get a terrible portion of chips yeah but the mushy peas can raise the overall average of whatever you get yeah and um as, as a vegetarian obviously you go into a chip shop mostly the only vegetarian thing on offer other than the chips themselves is a pancake roll <laughs> and you're playing you're playing russian roulette with a pancake roll Definitely. even if they tell you it's a vegetable pancake roll i've had someone swear to my face that it's a vegetable <laughs> pancake roll you get it out take a bite and there's fucking diced ham in it <laughs> You know, you know, and I've found chicken in vegetable pancake rolls. You know, and I don't mind if they want to put chicken or fucking air in them. Fine, but you just need to label them as what they are. Yeah. And um, and then the other option, if you're lucky, in a chip shop, is um, a cheese and onion pasty. Mm -hmm. And I know, know what you're thinking. I say pasty, and it comes out, oh, the taste of Cornwall, Cornwall's <laughs> national dish. But no, it's not like in a chip shop, a pasty's not even the taste of Greg's. They're fucking rubbish. Yeah. You either they're all either all dry and been sat there for three days. You bite into them and the inside of them is just like all brown, like mm. looks like the inside of a cave, or they're all they're just they're, they've been warmed up in the microwave. Yeah. So when you take a bite out of them, the pastry's soggy and then the inside is so kind of nuclear reactive it just strips all the skin off the top of your mouth. Yeah. But mushy peas, you can't go wrong with them. Dump them onto a portion of chips and it makes it a meal, like a bag yeah. of chips. You can sit and eat with your fingers, put mushy peas into the equation. You have to use a fork. It's a meal. Yeah. So, yeah, when, you, when you're touring around, sometimes you feel like you just need a fucking hot meal, you know, and mushy, mushy peas and chips does, does tick that box for me. Yeah. I'm a big um, 
uh, apologist for marrow fat peas. Um, I think they're the best kind of peas. And my problem with growing up is my mum's quite a snob, even though she's a uh, working class. I don't think she likes um, to be seen as working class. And so she, even though I prefer like mushy peas and marrow peas from a tin, she wouldn't serve them to me. She's like, no, no, no. Um, there is a snobber, a snobberish for, for them, I think, because um, I don't know if this is with you, but um, growing up working class, um, vegetables on your plate any other time other than roast dinner was seen as quite posh in my house. Yeah. <laughs> you used to, used to, my mum was um, a single mum, and so me and my sister would be like on our own a lot of the time at meal times and so it was us up to us to like frozen pizzas and stuff like that and so um any type of vegetable if if you found out if your friends ate vegetables during the week you're like oh you're a bit posh and yeah so there was my, that kind of my mum was the same darren my mum my, yeah. my was you know mum and dad were working class but my dad's family were like proud working class yeah. and my mum's family were aspirational working yeah. class. So this, this meant like, I remember my mum hearing a knock on the door while we were having Sunday, Sunday dinner. Yeah. Before she went and answered the door, she got a bottle of wine, which we never drunk. Yeah, like <laughs> when we was kids, they never drunk fucking wine with a meal, right? She got a bottle of wine and she put this little dinner jacket on it. <laughs> that, that some, I don't know if she won it at a raffle or what. She put this dinner jacket on the bottle of the wine uh, and, and put it in the middle of the table before she answered the door. <laughs> yeah. just, just to kind of create that illusion of where we yeah. were fucking posh, we were. Oh. <laughs> That's a great story. Um, I found out this fact, I don't know if you know this, but um, mushy peas are originally, they're grey, and then they turn it green with um, colouring. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well, you know what? That might, that might, <laughs> that might have enlightened me with something because in Asda, the value mushy peas you get, they're like, yeah. I don't know whether they're, they were 11p a tin before <laughs> Brexit, but now they're like 16p a tin. All right. You know? uh, but um, they're, they're like really kind of, they're like very light, you know, almost like kind of, you know, a light kind of army green in colour. Yeah. You know, and you get, you get the, you know, the, the brand mushy peas. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're all like bright green, you know, they're yeah. like a really proud green. But these green, <laughs> these are like, you know, like they've kind of had one wash too many with, <laughs> with, a, with the wrong coloured football sock. And um, that, that's why it's because yeah. they haven't, you know, they haven't been tied up then. Have, but have but they? imagine they if, had... if they, mushy peas were always light grey, they'd, no one would ever eat them, would they? It's, it's a no, it's a... but but the the thing is, is I, I, I'm all, I'm also I, I'm almost almost don't want to say it here, but the value mushy peas taste just as nice as normal <laughs> mushy peas, <laughs> yeah. but they just look fucking disgusting. But I don't I don't mind about that because I don't eat oh. I don't eat my eyes, you know, I eat my taste buds. <laughs> but I don't want everyone from the defenders, you know, all your listeners, <laughs> your thousands of listeners go rushing out and buying all the value mushy peas, especially now as we're about to go in lockdown. In fact, tomorrow I'm just going to go out and stockpile them just in case. I was told that the, um, all the value stuff is actually much better for you because it's so cheap because they don't 
spend all money putting on preservatives and added colorings and stuff like that because and so it's actually got less of all the chemical stuff so which would what make this, sense this fact you just told me about yeah. the coloring in the peas i think yeah. would completely back that up yeah <laughs> So, yeah, that, that, this is this is a fucking news story on the BBC <laughs> website tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone's going to be buying up all the uh, smart price and. They oh, are, aren't they? Have you seen Marks and Spencers have got their own value range now, haven't they? Oh, have they? I don't know. It's called Remarkable. See what they did there. <laughs> is that really what it's called, or is this Rem a no, uh, Remarkable? And they're trying to tie it up as it's saving money uh it's that their equivalent of the value range that's so, that's you know that's that's good news but that's not a great title is it you, you <laughs> think you think have you, have you just made that up darren no, 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 it's true one, remarkable your ruses. it's a terrible title how many blokes <laughs> in the, sat around in a room to, to come to that well i mean what were the what were the what were the runners up in that region <laughs> Uh, skid marks skid marks that, that, i think people would enjoy that much more wouldn't they skid marks the thing is uh, i could since, do a logo for that a, yeah a lot of um because of everyone's got a camera phone nowadays there's so much um pictures on facebook of people taking pictures of um products on shelves and going look at this i can't believe Tesco's are selling this, isn't it weird? And I sometimes think that Tesco's and all supermarkets do that on purpose. They purposely bring out because I don't know if you've seen this as well. There's um, a Lynx Africa that's got Marmite smell as well, and so it's got the smell, yeah, it's it's the smell of Lynx Africa and Marmite blended together. So of course everyone's gone out and taken a picture on their phone. I said, look at this that uh, Sainsbury's are selling, Lynx Africa Marmite. And so that's all over Facebook. And it's good promotion for the company, isn't it? So I think. Uh, Darren, <laughs> I've only listened to a couple of your podcasts, but yeah. now I've realised you've got this list of lies that you get into every episode. <laughs> right. And see how many of them your guests fall for. But I, I, there's fucking Marmite in everything now, isn't there? There's like Marmite <laughs> peanut. I, I could believe it, 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 it is plausible. Because there's, there's like Marmite peanut butter now. Like Marmite yeah. are completely, they, they've, they've sold, they, they, you know, someone else has taken over the franchise, haven't they? And and uh, and just said, you know what, let's just stick Marmite fucking everywhere. Hold on now, I'm going to get it for you. You talk among yourself. No, listen, you haven't got to prove, you haven't got to prove it, Darren. I'd almost <laughs> like it if it was like, it, it's a great lie. <laughs> it's a great lie. <laughs> it's a great lie. I've got it here somewhere. Oh, I'll find it later. Nah, that's all right. You haven't <laughs> got to prove it. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if we've even—I don't know if we've even come to a conclusion about mushy peas. Um, what? So, do, do you have to sign them, sign them off at the end of each? <laughs> no, no I, I usually just drift off really with them. Um, I suppose I should say what's bad about them, but. Um, I don't think this is. Mm. I, 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 I can't see a, a, you know, if this was yeah. room, room 101, yeah. 
you, you, you'd be keeping these out because yeah. you know, you're an opponent of marrow fat peas. And yeah. really, mushy peas are just their squash yeah. cousin, aren't they? I'd like to see someone have a argument against them because to me, they're cheap. They're good for you. They're a good um, uh, choice for vegetarians at takeaways. And uh, there's no controversy with them. So I think we can safely say that everyone needs to get on board with them. Yeah, but like, you know, just don't get on board with the as value ones. They're, yeah. they're, they're disgusting. You won't like them. I'm going to buy them tomorrow. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, should we talk about Police Academy, the movie Police Academy? Yeah, so, I always like talking about Police Academy. Yeah. Um, I suppose you feel you need to defend it because people have uh, low opinions of it. This is the general the general gist I get is that people think it's like a kind of throwaway eighties frat style movie. Yeah, and I think it's the best comedy film of all time, mm-hmm. bar none. What the first one? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, the rest <laughs> are all fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, sequels aren't meant to be any good. I'm I'm always disappointed <laughs> if you see a sequel and it's it's any good. You're like, oh, they've just kind of no. It just, you know, you don't want it to be better than the original. The original's okay. got to be the best. You, if I made a sequel, I'm ne- no one's ever going to fund my film, but were I to get it funded and then make a sequel to it, I'd make sure it was worse than the first one. Because you don't <laughs> want to spoil the first one by the sequel being better. And the producers of Police Academy stayed true to that. Yeah. Okay. Especially on the seventh one, it was just unwatchable. <laughs> it was fucking horrendous. I'll um, get about three original characters in. But it must, must have been well very popular um it must have got the numbers in for them to make seven films of it so yeah i, I think it had quite a broad appeal but um i don't know like our popular things are always seems to yeah. pass me by because i don't i don't really i you know other, other than kind of like the news I, I don't really like read I don't really read anything apart from biographies, you know. I don't yeah. read things on the internet. And so people are always say to me, oh, have you seen that thing that just happened last week? Oh, you must know it because it was massive. Everyone was doing that dance. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're on about. So, <laughs> like, our popular police academies, I, I, I don't go and read about how popular films yeah. are generally. I just kind of like the things I like. And then I just watch them all the time and don't really have an open mind towards new things. Yeah. I think just, it, just like, it came out at the time of VHS as well. And I think um, that helped a lot of its popularity because um, it's just one of those things. I think everyone had Police Academy on VHS in their house. It's just like one of those things. Um, yeah, that was, that was how I discovered it because my, my uh, dad had rented it out of the video shop. Like. Yeah. Uh, every Saturday night, my mum and dad used to, um, well, I say my mum and dad, my dad and his friend, uh, they would rent a video nasty. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they, they would go out to the pub, leaving my mum and her friend indoors. Then they would come back, pissed out of their heads about half past 11, and um, make my mum make them some sandwiches, and then they'd put a video nasty on. Yeah. And so like always hanging around our house on, on a kind of Saturday or Sunday morning, would be like, you know, drill a killer or I spit on your grave. And every, you know, every now and then you kind of put one of them on and just like, what the fucking hell's going on here? But Police Academy was one, of, well, obviously one of the nicer choices they made. Yeah. And that's how I discovered Police Academy. And, and uh, 
I just, I just love it. I, I, I think it's a nice, it's got a nice message to it. In that, it, for anyone that that as doesn't know what it's about, it's, it's about um, um, a newly elected mayor opens up the police application process uh, to people of all age, gender, um, ethnicity, body size. And so you kind of get this unlikely bunch of recruits all going who want to be police officers. And yeah. the lead character, Mahoney, uh, is put there as a favour to his dad from the police chief. And he's, he's, he's a kind of argumentative, but um, I don't know, kind of like, um, he, he's a sort of hero character. He's, he's very moralistic and he, he gets in arguments with people that are arseholes, which I think is a good kind of trait to have. And so, you know, I, I think I've gone through a lot of my life aspiring to be Mahoney from Police Academy and you know you kind of get in situations and you think well how can I be more like Mahoney from Police Academy <laughs> and so this has ended up with me kind of grappling with supermarket supermarket trolleys with old people in aisles and you know but I think it's, it's a good you know it's, it's, it's a good um, a good trait to have in life to just stand stand up for what you believe and this is what Mahoney does and the film kind of uh, uh, pans out as a kind of cat and mouse between him and Lieutenant Harris, who's like the kind of over-officious um, instructor at the police police camp. And there's a great support cast. There's, you know, pe people from all kind of walks of life. There's a kind of a, a gun nut and a shy lady. And they all kind of overcome their, you know, their, their kind of, uh, yeah, overcome their obstacles. And, 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 and at the end of it, all become police officers. Sorry, it spoiled the plot. <laughs> was Kim Cattrall the one that was quite um, stern and strong in it? Kim Kim Cattrall kind of is when she's um she's like the Mahoney's love interest and so yeah. when she's when she's kind of going towards the police academy she's in the back of a chauffeured car with her mum and so she's like comes from a really posh background I think her mum might even be stroking a cat or something you know but she she comes from a very posh background and um her and Mahoney kind of find a middle ground you know and she's his, she's his uptown girl oh I'm thinking of Leslie Easterbrook. Leslie Easterbrook was um, Callahan, the um, the kind of uh, right hand lady to Lieutenant Harris, but um, she she was very stern. Yeah, I I just remember but, as um, a child being very attracted to her, even though she was quite uh, you would say typically her um, mannerisms were quite manly and stern, and not um, the typical. Um, female femme fatale kind of thing which yeah. is quite um alluring to me i think well she, you you saw you you kind of find out that she's got a very womanly side when yeah. when she uh she busts the ladies man george martin who's broken into the kind of girl, girl oh, yeah, store, yeah. Kind of going there and having dalliances and and she um she catches him at it and then kind of grabs grabs him and puts him in her room <laughs> goes yeah. to work on it so it's very, very nice, strong female uh, characters there. Um, but I, I, I think there's some really good female yeah. characters in it, you know, and, and kind of, you know, and a real sort of multiracial cast and everyone. Yeah, there's no kind of, there's, there's no horrible think it's... laughing at people comedy. I think it's very mm. inclusive, but it's also just very fucking funny. I think, I think it works very well that... Um, the lead character that's male is is kind of a loser character, isn't he? He's yeah. in a way like he's not shown. He, he, to, yeah, 
he, he's flawed. He's flawed, yeah. but he's print. He's principled. Yeah. So like you kind of see him at the start, and he's working in a, a sort of dead end job in a car lot. Uh, and there's a guy who just kind of, he's really rude, you know, park the car, asshole. And um, he just gets the car up on two wheels. And, you know, he says there's no spaces in the lot. And then he just gets the car up on two wheels after this bloke has complained about it and just kind of slots it in between two cars. And, um, he, yeah, he, he just kind of, you know, anyone, he has no respect for authority, which I think kind of appealed to me as a teenager. You know, obviously, like, you know, from from liking a bit of punk music and, uh, you know, you see someone that kind of kicks back against the pricks in, ch in charge and uh, and it's actually like, you know, you kind of relate to it a little bit. But also, you know, it's just it's just some really funny scenes in it. It's like yeah. the whole film is almost a series of sketches kind of sewn together. Yeah. And and there's a kind of payoff at the end of every scene, which I don't know. Like, I, I don't think there's any other comedy film that quite gets though, gets it so right for, mm. for me. You know, I, it, sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but I ju yeah, just think it's a great, great comedy film. Yeah, I think we've we spoke highly of it. I think I, I really want to watch it now. <laughs> I think I'm going to go I, back I, to it. I watch it. I watch it every year on my birthday. Oh, uh, really? you know, and, and in between whenever it's on TV. But yeah, oh, yeah, that's my little birthday treat to myself. Is I watch Police Police Academy <laughs> in the evening. Yeah, okay. sit, sitting on my sitting on my own with a bottle of beer, watching Police Academy on my birthday. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> um. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, let's talk about the village people. The village yeah, people. I, I, I can't speak highly enough. Really? Of the village people. And, what do um, the village people bring to mu music, do you think? Um, do you know, just a, a sense of fun. Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, <clears throat> I feel like kind of music went, music went really serious with... I mean, it's, it's gone through phases, hasn't it, over yeah. the years. There's always been the kind of light and the dark. But I think with Radiohead especially, that was when my musical tastes just kind of completely diverted away from my friends. Because I just never liked the kind of introverted um, wank, wankiness of it. Like, I, I grew up sort of liking, you know, Madness and Ian Jury. And, like, in, you know, and, and also, like, just the, just the kind of shit, one-it-wonder kind of novelty singles yeah. Um, you know, I was I, I loved fucking shut up your face and and and, and Jilted John and and those kind of things and yeah. um, you know, I like you know, I also like Roxy music and you know and and some kind of serious stuff. But I don't know, like life's too short to take yourself that seriously. Yeah. So the village people, like even like you know, from being a kid. I don't know, I always found something really attractive about them. And I, I didn't realise until I was kind of, you know, well into my late 20s that they were gay. Yeah. Um, as a kid, it just didn't even, you know, it didn't cross, didn't no. cross your mind. And they just, they all, they all dressed up in the videos. They had some mm. absolutely fucking banging dance floor pop songs. Yeah. Um, when I kind of subsequently ended up DJing, you know, I was a kind of like wedding DJ in my late teens and early 20s and then went on to kind of DJ um, at gay clubs and 80s clubs and stuff and they're just big floor fillers and yeah. uh, and the, the guy the singer Victor Willis has got a massive like black soul voice you know a kind of classic soul voice and you kind of feel like fuck mate if you weren't in the village people you'd be Luther Vandross or something but yeah. you know yeah, and, and there's a kind of sneery like sneery kind of <laughs> look at the village people you know and all them men with moustaches dancing around in the background but no, I fucking like it. It's inclusive and it's fun. And I, I 
I did just want to say that I did a little, I, I did a little kind of um, a little bit of prep for this. I know oh, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Goes, I know it goes against the grain, no. but um, <laughs> I, I just went on the Village People's Wikipedia, which is normally as far as I go for prep. Right, <laughs> check this out. Yeah. Um, Right, so they were formed by a, like a production partnership from France, Jacques Morali and Henry Belolo. I didn't know any of this. No. Who'd, who'd come over from France to kind of try their luck in America. And they yeah. met Victor Willis, who was the singer, right? So with record sales soaring, Morali and Willis saw the need to create a permanent group. They took out an ad in a theatre trade paper, which read, macho types wanted, must dance and have a moustache. <laughs> it's the greatest advert ever. <laughs> and that was advertising for a musical group. Yeah, must dance. That's, must and have dance. A dance. I'm sure there's groups <laughs> in Hoxton now are, are actually using that same advert. Yeah. Oh, good. So, so I'd like to be in on the casting call for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Is that Tash glued on? <laughs> but but yeah, like I mean, what why YMCA is obviously their their biggest hit, and it's it's an absolute fucking belter. Yeah. And um, in in the navy was the first record I ever bought. Uh, oh right. I've, I've, Went to the rental shop with my uncle and bought In the Navy and Oliver, you know, Oliver's Army, which uh, there's no shame in telling people you bought Oliver's Army. I spent <laughs> years just not mentioning In the Navy, and you're like, no, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I'm out and I'm proud. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I just, they do bring so much joy to people's faces as soon as you hear that first recognizable bar in it um you just people's faces beam with joy and yeah. um I, I think i think that there is a sneery snobbiness to it but that's i think that's people's um well it's just their vulnerability they don't want to show their vulnerability that they enjoy something that is which in, in in order to enjoy it, you just got to throw a, let, away your you got to let go. You got to let go, haven't you? And people, they just don't want to show their vulnerability to that. And it's life, as you said, life is too short not to. You've just got to um, just uh, loosen up and uh, throw some. Like, like, and and on on top of that, like. I think I've, I've always liked, um, you know, like songs that were specifically about something. Okay. You know, when, I, when I first got into music, like Baggy Trousers was probably like one of the first songs that I liked, mm -hmm. for, you know, for, for myself. And, and there was um, a record uh, that I, I inherited of me mum's. So, so when I first kind of got a record player as a kid, you know, kind of age like seven or eight, would put on this record, my aunt called The Ballad of Bonnie, Bonnie and, sorry, The Ballad of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, and it was just all about Bonnie and Clyde, like you know, and shooting people up, and like it was a specific story about things. And I think, you know, a lot of a, a lot of you know mushy chart love stuff is mm. so generic and general, and it's and it's popular yeah. because people can relate it to their own lives because it's so general. But I've yeah. always liked really specific things like. Stan Ridgeway's camouflage fucking does it for me because it's just, it's a story. It can only be one thing, you know, and yeah. and you just kind of, you know, you take the joy out of hearing 
you know, getting uh, a, getting basically a, a, a film in a, in a five minute pop song. Are you familiar with the f- uh, song Patches, the old soul one? Patches, oh. um, it's about it's about um a little um black boy in America whose um father dies and he's it's reliant on him as a like a thirteen year old boy to look after the family. Oh, do you um, know what? I, I only I only heard of it a, a few weeks ago. I, I was kind of on, on getting lost down an internet rabbit hole and, and kind of stumbled across that. Yeah. Yeah, and I am a white thirty-year-old um, boy from or man, which way we want to look at, um, from England, and I can still get choked up listening to that story, and I have no way to relate to it because I've not lived that life. But I think. I can still find um, some sense of enjoyment after, from hearing his song, um, uh, and because yeah. it talks about his uh, struggles. And so, I think um, songs, as you said, that have some kind of story are, are, are really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been a soldier in Vietnam <laughs> yeah. who was saved saved from a battle by a ghost. But you know, it does it fucking does it for me. You know, yeah, you, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Darren. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next choice. Um, all right, I'm going to go for this one. But um, I've, it's flashing, and I've got three questions for you about this one. Right. Go on. I am I to believe that you are defending the art of Exposing your private parts <laughs> to an unknowing person—is that correct? Is—is well, is that the def? Is that the definition? I don't know. I've just come up with that definition. <laughs> well, I mean, does it have to be unknown to an unknown that- person? Oh no, to unsuspecting person. Yeah, <laughs> I like your ref- I like your refinement of the definition. Yeah, that is what I, that is what I'm going to be defending. Okay, right. There. Second question: Are you defending? Are you saying that people should enjoy flashing as the yes. flasher? Yes. And third, no, question- I'm not saying I'm not saying with uh, as a flasher. Okay, I'm just right. Yeah. People should. People should, uh, let's do your third question yeah. first. And the third question is, are you saying that people that are being flashed should enjoy being flashed? So that's the same as the second question? No, because as the flasher, you're saying you want the flasher to enjoy it, but you, oh, don't, but you don't care who's being flashed, if they enjoy it or not. Oh, no, 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 I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. Right. So what you're saying, saying all all parties need to be enjoying it. What I'm saying is that flashies should lighten up a bit yeah. and just enjoy it. Just yeah. just make the most of the occasion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not expecting you to agree with me on this, Darren, because okay. you obviously want your you want your podcast to carry on after <laughs> after tonight. But I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll give you me brief, and then you can kind of say what you okay. think about. Is that all right? Yeah. Go for so, it. Firstly, with flashing, in a lot of ways, it's a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. All right, because if I were walking through the woods and a lady jumped out 
from behind a tree or a clump of bushes, yeah. like just fudding away on a naked twat, <laughs> it would be among my top three days ever. <laughs> and I'm not even on like someone, you know, I'm not on about someone from Beverly Hills 90210 if it was an old lady. Yeah. I, d- I don't mind, mm-hmm. you know, if it was a big lady. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind if she was in a wheelchair. I don't care. Yeah. Right. If she just jumps out from some bush or wheels herself out from a clump of bushes, fudding away at her fanny, I'm just I'm just going to stand there and enjoy it till she's finished. And then when she's finished, I'll just give her a round of applause and we'll just both go on our way. Yeah. Um. And I understand. I understand if you're a, if you're a lady, it might feel a bit more threatening. If yeah. it's a man who's physically bigger than you, yeah, um, you know, but I, you know, I kind of think it's not like it's not like the old days where like your nan and granddad might go through their whole life only have, only ever seeing one set of someone else's private parts. Yeah, like people see hundreds of sets of private parts now. You know, if you're on a dating app, you get sent them every day. You know, if you, get, mm. if you go on the internet, you're only two clicks away from a picture of someone's private parts. Yep. I, I just Googled something earlier on and then there was just all these blokes with stiffies popped up <laughs> on, on, <laughs> on the search results. Okay. And, um, you know, it, 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 it happens. Lots of people see lots of private parts. Like teenagers now have seen lots yeah. of private parts. I, the only private parts I'd seen as a teenager were my mum's, and I had a very, very like dim recollection of them because I was being born out of them. <laughs> like, but teenagers nowadays, they've they've, they've seen whole manner of dit, tit, and click pics. Mm. They, they've all they've seen it all. So I think we should now re-embrace flashing as something like oh, it's a treat seeing someone's yeah. private parts. Like you don't get to see them <laughs> every day in 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 the flesh. So just enjoy it. I'd I'd probably say the. Fa- Kids nowadays have seen a lot more um, genitalia than we would have as our children, but they've probably seen a lot more, um, as you would say, the um, uh, the Hollywood idea of what genitalia should look like. So mm. they've seen like pornography genitalia, and we would only be exposed to like our family's genitalia, maybe um, jazz mags, which was like (laughs) um, 50 plus women. And so it wasn't so glamorous and it was a more realistic idea of what genitalia looks like. So I, I like I like where you're going with this, Dan. So yeah. what you're saying is you're on board with the flashing thing because it's yeah. a dose of reality for the yeah, kids nowadays who've got their head in the in, in the, the net cl- on clouds. Un- unrealistic yeah. expectations about what genitalia should look like. We need to ex- be exposed to crooked penises and uh, <laughs> wonky fannies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's you know it's, it's like the supermarket fruit and veg. Not everything <laughs> looks like that, you know. As soon as you go abroad, you see these big peppers. You're like, I didn't know they fucking existed that big. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think if there was some kind of, we had some kind of regulation agreement that people flashing, they make sure that they're seen as non-threatening. Maybe there should be some kind of um, agreed uniform that they should wear, like or yeah, a, 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 a rose between the butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> they should dress up as Ronald McDonald, yeah. <laughs> like a universal figure who everyone knows and trusts. Yeah. 
yeah and so you know and 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 the the, the person they they jump out flashing at like, if oh, they right, here go like, <laughs> that, the person can just say listen i'm just not really into this today and they go like, oh, all right and then just go back to the bushes and wait for the next person to come along yeah. oh, i think this is going to get into the next uh manifesto of we need to define who we're, we're gonna um uh, um try and sell this to which political party is going to be on board with this yeah but it's this kind of stuff they, they should they, they should be listening to you know <laughs> i'm sure they it's think. always so it's so narrow isn't it you know but it just broadens things out a bit i have to say if I was feeling it down in the dump, you know, like a lot of people feeling down in the dumps with lockdown. But yeah. if, you know, you're feeling a bit down in the dumps, you're stuck at home on your own all day, you're going out for your one-hour walk and someone jumps out of the bushes just like fudding away at their fanny, you're like, do you know what? That's really cheered me up. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're totally right. You're totally right. I'm completely convinced with this. Um, Thanks, Let's go on to your last choice. And it's um, Jade Goody. Uh, yeah. People that don't know who Jade Goody is, she uh, came to fame by being on TV program uh, Big Brother. Um, did she win it or did she? Did no, she didn't. She came like <laughs> did she come third or fourth? Okay, probably yeah. But then she went on in it again uh, as celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, that one was um, less successful. No, that was she come into some controversy for saying some uh, comments that could be deemed as racist. Yeah. And then um, she spent most of her period of time um, as some people might like to claim a non-celebrity uh, famous for being famous. And then contracted uh, cancer and unfortunately passed away. Um, so I guess you're defending her as being seen as um, a bit of a non-celebrity, are you? And no, no, I'm, I'm, I, I think <coughs> what um, I'm defending her against being being. I think when you say Jay Goody, people just think of like this bold racist, just like shouting, uh, you know, a kind of racist diatribe, yeah. uh, um, a, a, a helpless Indian woman in the Big Brother house. And yeah, yeah I'm not on. I'm not. I'm not an apologist for for that. You yeah. know, she 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 did it and she got pilloried. Um, but I, I had a personal experience with Jay Goody when yeah. um, when I used to work for um, Essex Council. Um, I was um, I was doing a uh, you know shifting some shit around like you know in in a minibus like what I always did at the at the youth centre in Onga, yeah. and um, I've kind of gone to reverse out the youth centre, and as I've gone to reverse out, there's this kind of car coming like a little um, like smart car kind of thing uh, with a beauty logo on the side, yeah. and uh, they stopped and let me reverse out, and when I've looked, it's fucking Jay Goody. <laughs> yeah. And she's, I've kind of waved at her and she's waved back and smiled. And, you know, I think she didn't have to stop. She could have just like, you know, carried on going and been, you know, just just been an arsehole about it. But that made me realise, like, you know, you, there was this whole kind of press construct around her being, you know, a kind of ignorant pig and, 
you know, and uh, a horrible, bold racist. And in actual fact, like in real life, she she was uh, uh, her instinct was to be kind and courteous. Yeah. And and I just wanted to get that story out there just to show there was another side to her. Yeah. You know. So so that that's my my job done. Okay. Darren, I don't think you've got anything more to say about it? I think I've uh, um this this uh similar subject came up in another um one of the podcasts when uh, someone chose Katie Price they wanted to defend and it's another fact that um these pe- people can be people in the um spotlight can be vilified after just one thing they've said um in the heat of a moment yeah. And then they're automatically jumped upon. Whereas in everyone else in the world, we've got that luxury of not many people can hear what we say every day of the week. And we're not in the press all the time. So you, um, <laughs> if you look back yeah. on some of the things you said behind closed doors and stuff, you, th- you think, well... I've said some pretty controversial things that I'm glad that never came out because uh, I was oh, either no, young. I, I no, 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 no. Like you, when you, what, you no, like I'm yeah. just saying, you, you're pretty naive when you're younger, and you might have said something um, that, that's not really PC these days. Yeah. But I, like growing up as a, a young boy, I might have used uh, the word gay in a geography uh, um, term in the playground. Like, yeah. and kids nowadays are taught to not do that, and rightly so. No, um, but I mean, you've, you've clawed it back by coming on here and extolling the virtues of the village people. So, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone... But, but no, this, this is... See, this is the thing nowadays is... Um, yeah, I think there should be a kind of statute of limitations on your social media yeah. of how, how long... You have to retain account. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for be, people being accountable. Yeah. When they're when when they're cunts, but <laughs> there should be a bit of, a, you know, just a little bit of leeway for something you've kind of said on social media because it's the norm now, and it is, you yeah. know, you, you stuff we would have joked about with our mates. Now people put on social media, yeah. you know, and, and when you kind of see like an 18 year old kid or you know or, or someone kind of getting torn a strip for something they did seven or eight years ago, you're like. We all, you're right. We all said things in in private that you you wouldn't, you know, now embarrassed about. Yeah, you wouldn't stand by. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky I never did, but I know lots of <laughs> other people that that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's. Um, but very... I, I I did just want did just want to say one yeah. final thing. Uh, whilst uh, having a little Google about Jay Goody before we come, <laughs> yeah. uh, before we coming here did you know she died age 27 wow oh that's the uh, like magic age isn't it <laughs> hendrix she's, she's there isn't she that, <laughs> that gives you the comfort to know she's there isn't she with hendrix cobain winehouse yeah. jim morrison patrick swayze Was it? <laughs> <laughs> i haven't fact checked all of them <laughs> no oh but that, that is sad because i think a lot of people changed opinion about her during the end of her life because she, um, she kind of trying to uh, get as much money as possible from her fame to support her children. So I think a, people, a lot of people 
kind of yeah, and, and saw and that she, she was she... saw that she was just doing right by her family in the end. Yeah, and you know, and she fought a battle against cancer with dignity, and you know, uh, and and I don't fully believe that she died on Mother's Day. I think Max Clifford made <laughs> yeah, that probably, up. Yeah. <laughs> he can't be trusted, can he? That one, he's a one man. Finally. But um, but yeah, you, you know, I, I think good old good old Jay Goody. You know, yeah. what are you going to do? She, she's right up there with all the best goodies, I think. Bill yeah. Oddie. <laughs> yeah, all of them. All right. Well, that's, well that uh, is a nice uh, end to all your choices. And the only thing we've got to do now is uh, you've picked a topic for me to defend that you feel is yeah. undefendable. Yeah. And that is... TV talent shows, you think? Yeah, that's what I've picked for you. <laughs> you think that's undefendable? Yeah. Why do you think it's undefendable? Because it's just, it's just so, or it's just such an horrible process. It's so, it's, it's so false. People are so insincere. The <laughs> the judges are all insincere, and they 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 have to. They have to really like. They have to pretend they really love something, and and you can just tell that they, you know, they don't give a flying fuck. Like, what is Amanda Holden doing as an <laughs> arbiter of talent? It's just the most fucking bizarre series of events that she's ended up on there. But um, I, I just wanted to say, like, a, a mate of mine had a personal experience with a TV talent show, right? Yeah. She was. Um. This isn't a. This isn't a bollocks story like your fucking links marmite, right? <laughs> but she, she was um uh she was headhunted, so they approached her yeah. to go on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. Um, they they found her through the internet. She had a yeah. website because she played an unusual instrument, right? Uh, so the instrument needed a certain amount of setting up before performing, which she told them, and they they agreed to. So she went and did the audition, and she passed, right? Yeah. And so when it came to the live show in front of the judges. They knew that she needed this certain amount of time to set up because, you know, instruments need tuning and, and, yeah, and yeah. kind of, you know, adjusting to room temperature or whatever. And so in front of the audience and judges, um, they just sent her straight out. And she said, but I haven't tuned my instrument. They said, you've got to go on. now. It's now or never. So they just shoved her out on, onto the stage. And obviously her instrument was all out of tune because she hadn't had a chance yeah. to prepare it properly. And within a couple of seconds, the audience started booing. And then all the judges turned on her and said what a load of shit it was. And so she was basically, she was set up for it. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Because it was something that was strange and different. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it was just set up to like, you know, the opposite of police academy, you know, uh, an environment that's warm and, warm and <laughs> accepting of, of difference, you know. Here it is. You know, they're, just so, they're just so horrible and mm. insincere and mean-spirited. But, you know, I'll look forward to you saying what's good about them. Well, I will say that um, I do agree with a lot of the reasons why it is um, quite bad. Because it is a false illusion that it's there to discover new talent. Because Simon Cowell owns that big production company. He gets sent tons of stuff. Um, if if he wanted to find the next um, uh, new talent, he, he wouldn't need to do Britain's Got Talent. He's 
he's got people to to scout that and he could do it just as easy through other means um it's there for a form of entertainment the show because um it's it's not that for that purpose but in its defense the people that have gone on it i've seen like ta- uh, acts that have been on the circuit for years and years and not uh got anything and just a chance to perform on uh britain's got talent once um gives them something for their cv and it gets them book more work and so they do garnish some kind of um, advantage from being on it. Um, yeah. So you, you, some people do gain some kind of um, uh, benefit from being on it, even if they don't go on to win or anything like that. Um, also, I think um, it gives a lot of people a much needed reality check into what it is like to be up on stage as a performer. And like people don't realize how much different it is from like (laughs) just singing in front of your mates or performing in front of a small crowd, what it is to be in front of a huge group of people and they could go their whole life like going around the circuits and playing to small audiences and never making it and then realise that they've kind of wasted themselves. Darren, you've just described my career, you cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Is this what you do at the end of each show? Just berate your guests? No, but you've played in front of massive audiences, so don't come that... Um, but um, I think it gives people a bit of a wake up call what it, it is to um, perform in front of a live audience. And uh, yeah, I think it gives. I, 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 I sort of see what, I see what yeah. you're saying, but, but I, I kind of think people can't always be trusted to, to take you know, on board to, that. To, to, no, 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 to kind of know the consequences of doing something, yeah. right? And and I think, like, you can become defined by going on one of these things. Okay. And, you know, and the fact is there's, like, kids on there who haven't even lived their life or developed their <laughs> talent, and, you know, and their mums and dads are pushing them on Britain's Got Talent. Mm. And, you know, I, 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 you know, as we know from the past, child stars don't always mm. have the best fucking... Uh, prospects afterwards. I don't, I don't agree with um, the children voice. You know, they've got the voice and they've got a children's version because children's voices develop like later in life. So you can't really tell if a child's got a good voice that's going to have longevity, I think. I personally think no children sound good, but... <laughs> but um. But I, I think there's something more sinister behind that. Like there's some entertainment bigwig like Simon Cowell that just gets all them children like breathing into microphones and he just harnesses the youth and kind of keeps it for himself. 
It's like, <laughs> like he's got a perfectly smooth nutsack because he just injects it with the, the youth of child <laughs> children's voices. Something, something like that. I can't work out what it is, but it's something like that is going on. Yeah. I think Him I think Tom Jones, they've got like ball bags that are like perfectly smooth, like the 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 like the the surface of a kind of untouched planet <laughs> from all the children all the children's voices, those velvety voices. Yeah. Uh, um I suppose there's always the defence that it is quite popular, so some people are getting enjoyment out of it, but I don't suppose <laughs> You can. I, I hate that defence. Yeah, don't it is you? Shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. It, uh, TV talent shows are just the tip of the iceberg. I think any. I just can't fucking. I can't watch any format-based entertainment anymore. <laughs> the idea of just being entertained, like Robbie Williams, let me entertain you. I think just fucking finish me off for any kind of entertainment shows. <laughs> I can't panel shows with comedians on like any false format based entertainment the idea of getting entertainment from something that's been set up by a load of mm. wankers sat around in a room deciding now they're going to entertain people I, th I think feel... i think you've been jaded because you're familiar with how good live performance is because if if you've never been to a live performance you don't know what how important it is to be there in the moment and if you're there at the live performance you can feel like this isn't this this has happened in this moment and it will never yeah. be repeated and you can't replicate this again and that's where when you watch like a tv format you think this is all edited and it, you can feel the build up to the punchline and it's like quite monotonous Darren, yeah I, I think i think you've hit the nail on the head yeah, because <laughs> whenever i watch any tv based entertainment i always think to myself yeah but this is never going to match being sat in that room in edinburgh with six other people watching darren maskell roll around in a sleeping bag <laughs> pretending to be some kind of insect like that <laughs> That, my friend, is what it is all about. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, uh, I appreciate uh, no, a, you being no, the one of six people in that room. That, uh, I think that was, that was, uh, that might have been the last day, maybe, which was one of my better days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, that, if that was an average day, it was fantastic. Yeah, I did perform to two people one day, but that saying that, the day I performed to two people was one of my best days that I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Um, and the worst day was the Saturday, which was the busiest. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> that. That was the weird thing about Edinburgh, though, is yeah. the audience numbers didn't always correlate with yeah. how good a night it was. So I, yeah. I had a night when only two two blokes turned up. <laughs> And it was great. I just had kind of done requests and we just kind of sat and chatted and like, you know, I sort of said to them, you sure you want to go ahead with this? It's going to be really awkward. And they're like, yeah. So just did it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, I don't think I've defended that very well, but I don't think I should lose any sleep from that. Um, uh, well, they're, they're losing 
uh, viewing figures now anyway. So I think the formats pretty much come to a, a head now, really. Uh, they, they've kind of saturated. There's been a yeah. lot of TV talent shows, yeah. haven't there, over the last few... Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been going on for a long, you know, like <laughs> tens of years. But like yeah. in the last few years, you know, there have been a lot on there. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just all about money, really, isn't it? Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Need to freshen it up. Um, well, thanks for coming on, Cunt. Um, is there anything you want to plug uh, at the moment? Kim Cattrall in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's still doing your uh, Cunt uh, nights on YouTube. No, no, I kind of, I did that for, um, I did it for about 40 odd nights while yeah. lockdown was going on. Yeah. And I was reading, reading from my book and then, then the book finished and I kind of tried to carry it on. But like, I was really scrabbling about trying to write new material. And some nights, you know, when you kind of had a day where you just hadn't been able to do anything, I was just kind of doing readings from wank mags. But um, <laughs> the, the, the quality, I mean, yeah, the quality kind of dropped off towards the end. But it, it was good fun and like yeah. a little kind of little community built up, you know, people that were all just stuck in lockdown as well. So it was a, it was a nice it was a really nice experience and it, I felt like it kind of brought me back in because I haven't really done anything since I packed in gigging. So yeah. it was nice to kind of get back in touch with some of the people that used to come and see us and also find that some new people had got into the stuff since, yeah. since I finished doing it. So, um, uh, what was I? Oh yeah, I've got something to plug. He's, I've, I'm starting a, I'm starting a podcast. Oh, right. Uh, with, with, with like my, with my oldest mate, Roy. Yeah. And it's just going to be like, because we've we've met up monthly, well, you know, sometimes more often, but monthly every night for you know every month for the last twenty years, yeah. um, and just like sat there talking about eighties stuff, and so yeah. we're just doing that. I know there's lots of eighties stuff around, but it's just yeah. basically us sitting having a beer and uh, going month because I, I met him forty years ago uh, this month September, and right. so each, each month we kind of go over what we were doing forty years ago and what films there were, what music there was. And then it just leads into silly stories from our years club promoting and just, you know, mucking around and arguing. Okay. Well, so what's that called? That's called Acceptable in the 80s. You just Google it or be yeah, on Spotify, wouldn't it? it? <laughs> yeah. Right. I'll, put some, I'll put some links on my website. Okay. Um, Shall I do my website? Yeah, address? do your website. I, I hate doing your website address. <laughs> it sounds like you're really trying to sell something. Oh, but I will do website address because i am yeah. uh it's k k a t g dot co dot uk that's k a t g dot co dot uk lovely right <laughs> thanks again i'm just gonna end the podcast and uh say goodbye and goodwill goodbye thanks darren bye <laughs> and let's hear it defenders of the universe it's darren maskell and a guest Defenders of the universe. Who knows what they're going to defend next? That's 12 seconds.